live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Coming up on 10 minutes after 8 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. Mike Spaulding is in for Eric this morning. Greg Pancake Hill is in for himself producing the program. And I'm here with you as well, Vince Vetrano, here until 9 o'clock. And then we'll give way to Steve Scafidi this morning. I have two takeaways from a really fascinating conversation I had with John Mercure, host of Wisconsin's Afternoon News, yesterday. And it's top of mind for me because I have a high school senior who's about to go off to college. Her decision is made. She's committed and all of that. But we've been having these conversations in my home about what higher education looks like and what her future looks like. And so many families are going through this now, have recently or soon will. So there's some interesting data that Mercure was sharing, and I have two takeaways from it. The data suggests that More than 50% of Americans now look back on college and believe it's a bad bet, that it's so expensive and for an assortment of other reasons, like isn't worth it. And I'll give you the particulars on that in a moment. But my takeaway from that is, one, we are having more healthy conversations as families with our children about what higher education looks like. We are having more healthy conversations with our young people about the different career choices that they have and different paths in life. And I think that's really good and healthy. The second thing is red alert for higher education. College is too expensive and we can no longer say we'll make it more affordable by floating you a whole bunch more loans we figured it out we're hip to that we're on to you and we're not doing it anymore and if higher education doesn't adapt and change and bring that actual cost down they're going to be in a lot of trouble and we've already seen it manifest in Cardinal Stritch closing right here in southeast Wisconsin and who knows who's next yeah the the, the gig is kind of up you when right. it comes to, to student loans like we've kind of realized what happens and how that ends up playing out that and the fact that you're taking out so much loan debt that you know i'm on the hiring side in this business and when you're in broadcasting you're not making six figures right when you you come out of the shoot and there are kids who graduate with degrees in journalism that decide to go into something else because the pay is better not because they don't want to be a journalist but simply because they're they're looking at a student loan payment that sometimes could be 400 something dollars a month and it's just not feasible to be able to pursue what you went to school to even pursue so you're getting a degree and granted you could do whatever you want with the degree but you're not being able to do what you set out to do originally which is kind of a double edged sword and and really kind of shines a light on a real issue and let, let me bring you in, before I play this bite, uh, this bit from Mercure and some of the statistics, let me just bring you into my kitchen table You know, when I was in, in high school. There was no conversation at that point that involved not going to college. And this is no knock on, on my parents specifically, but I believe our whole generation, our Gen X generation, and I'm not positive what it was before that, but certainly our Gen X generation, like no one was not on track to go to college. And it wasn't even discussed because if you didn't go to college, you must not have been smart enough. If you didn't go to college, you were some sort of idiot. And there was a lot of shade thrown at blue collar work, at the trades, at factory work, whatever that would be. You know, people who wanted to work with their hands. And many of those people didn't go to college Not because they weren't smart enough, but because they didn't want to or didn't have to to pursue the type of work that they wanted to do. There's also secondary education that does not involve a traditional four-year degree. There are apprentice programs. There are um, seminars and six-month-long 
education programs. We see that a lot in coding right now, where you can take a six-month or a one-year coding class and get up to speed without going to a traditional four-year college and university. And we just didn't talk about that as Gen Xers. And I'm not saying I would have done anything different. I think I probably still would have ended up in college had I not gone Air Force, because as we've talked about, there was a little part of me that really wanted to be an astronaut. Now, I was an idiot when it came to math, and I decided that wasn't a path <laughs> that was going to work out for me, Mike. But those were the things, and it, it wasn't a realistic option for me. But I think we're in a better place now talking more honestly with our young people. About what is it that you want to do? What do you hope to get out of college? This is what the math looks like. And you know, you get to chart that course, and it's not like a foregone conclusion that you go to college or university. Uh, let me play you the statistics. I promised this to you. Uh, John Mercure talking about this with me earlier this morning. And for the first time, more than 50% of Americans now say that earning a four-year degree is a bad bet on a financial sense and that they will not pursue it. And this survey talked to a lot of people who have college degrees, and skepticism is strongest amongst people 18 to 34 with a college degree. They have a degree. I think that's really interesting. These are the more recent college grads, and they're doing the math, and they're looking at what their life looked like after graduating from college with that degree and probably, in many cases, sizable student loan debt. And they're doing the math, and it's not working out for them. The one thing I would say about that is if you're, if you're 24, 25 years old, it, it probably looks more daunting. You're just starting your professional life. So yes. you're, you're not going to be, in most instances, living comfortably yet, whether or not you have this debt or not. So the one thing I would say about that is sit back and look and think about what, what are you doing now, and could you be doing something else to make similar money and my parents always stressed to me it's going to pay off when you're 45 when you're when you're a little bit older when you you know maybe have a family of your own you're going to be reaping the benefits of having that that bit of higher education but i fully understand why if you're 25 years old and you can't afford to ever go on vacation or buy a car or buy a house i mean there's a lot of discussions about home buying right now with with the younger generation nobody can afford to buy a house no and right and, and student loan debt certainly isn't isn't helping that i think we're we're at a point where we need to have more more education but that also is against the self-interest of these institutes of higher education that need you to be able to go there and part of the reason you want to go to a uw or something along those lines is because well, hey, I'm looking at a you know a loan here. Of they're going to pay my way, so I might as well take advantage of it. Let me play you one other thing because another part of the equation that we've always been asked to consider is yes, but long term college graduates average out making more than non college grads. Surely there are exceptions, but that's largely been the rule. So the same survey looked at over the course of your career. If you have a college degree, this is an average. Yes. Now, this has always been out of whack, right? Yep. College degree, always earning a ton more. College money. degree, you earn $2.8 million on average through your whole career. Okay. $2.8 million. If you have only a high school diploma, you earn $1.6 million. So that's a million dollars less that you earn on average if you don't have a college degree. So even with student loan debt, I mean, a million dollars... Yeah, a million dollars is a million dollars. So that math works out in favor of no matter what it costs... Going ahead and making those sacrifices perhaps earlier in your younger life once you're out of school and in, in many cases worth it to still pay off those loans and you ultimately end up in the long run uh, and end up better in the long run.
Now, hopefully that equation is changing a little bit. I'll tell a story about somebody close to me who worked for a long time for the same company in an apartment of this company, and she was like the number two person in the office. She did not go to college, but she was highly competent in her job. And the manager of the office, that was sort of one of these transient positions. You'd have someone who was running that office for a period of time. That person would get kicked upstairs or find some other job, and then another manager comes in. And here's this person who is fully capable in her job could well have been promoted to that office manager position, but it required a college degree, which she didn't have. So manager upon manager upon manager hire would come in, and she would train that person to do the job of being her boss. That made no damn sense. And I hope we're evolving our thinking on that as well, that you know, if you have someone who's competent in their line of work, Put them in that position that they can achieve if they're competent, if they're able to do it. And that will cut down on that disparity of, you know, it's one of the reasons that college graduates are better earners on average than our non-college grads. So that's a little bit of the math shaking out there. One other point I want to make about this, and it's not all about dollars and cents. I'll share that with you next. And if you have thoughts, 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. I think these statistics are eye-opening. I think they indicate that we are having healthier conversations with our young people about their futures. And I think it also should send a red alert to higher education that they need to bring their costs down. But there's more to it than dollars and cents. That's next. 822 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. A lot of really thoughtful comments that we're getting in our discussion about college education for the first time or maybe first time in recent history anyway. More than 50% of Americans are saying they think higher education is a bad bet. It doesn't work out for them in the long run. Getting a lot of folks who are agreeing. Unfortunately, in my business, though, in medical device sales, this uh, on the old National Bank talk and text line. They want people with degrees. I've been working in this industry 35 years. I was a manager. I was a field sales tra- trainer. I get weeded out of 75% of the jobs because corporate says you have to have a degree. Tell me that makes sense. I can't tell you that. I, I definitely agree with that. And I hope that ultimately that line of thinking goes away. Not that there's not value in certain things that you learn, but if you're competent in your line of work, You ought to be promoted based on that competence, not whether or not you have the piece of paper. My wife has a doctorate and makes $36 an hour. I have a Bachelor of Science and make $52 an hour. The guy who quoted replacing my septic pump makes $400 an hour. I'd go into the trades with no debt. And there's some real dollars and cents issues there. I've got more on that in a minute, but I want to bring more people into the conversation as well. Uh, David is with us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Morning, David. Oh yeah, morning. You know, uh, you're you, you're familiar with uh, like in the old days, like a thousand years ago, uh, a nation had its treasury was how much gold was down in there. But after World War II, uh, when the International Monetary Fund got created, America started using education as its collateral. And so uh, if you uh, had a population that was well-educated, there was going to be constant growth, Uh, you know, economic growth, uh, inventions, uh, all sorts of uh, creativity in the arts, and that all uh, creates value. And so education was swapped out for gold, basically, in the Treasury. 
And uh, and the fact is, you know, the United States uh, is the preeminent currency in the world. We're seen as the most honest country, or we were at least seen as the most honest country. Uh, and so if you're in France and you have some uh, francs and you want to go over to London, you, in order to do an exchange rate, your exchange rate is still against the U.S. dollar in order to get pounds. Right, but David, I don't want to interrupt you, but let me get you back stateside here. I mean, in terms of for these young people now who are going and looking at the prospect of, okay, I could go to school and accumulate a sizable amount of debt, or I could not and still make a healthy living without. I mean, that's how does that equation shape up to you? Well, I, I'm old enough to remember when there were thousands and thousands of small inventors, and they would have a garage somewhere. You know, uh, was it uh, right. Microsoft? Uh, uh, Steve Jobs and uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Gates? Yes, right. created a computer in their garage, and they uh, they were st- certainly educated in college. But what I'm leading up to is, is it sounds like the the colleges by overcharging are killing the goose that laid the golden egg. If they're stifling education, they're stifling America's uh, uh, collateral. And so we need to make sure that junior colleges, local colleges are enhanced so that people can actually get an education instead of getting tricked into, you know, paying outrageous monies to uh, to uh, educate their young. And, you know, it's a, a phony college as opposed to a real one. Yeah, thank you, David. Uh, that gets me to my next point that I wanted to make on this. And if you look at it just from a dollars and cents issue, and that's okay, Um, there are some real decisions to make. There's the math to do in your family. There's whether or not you ask your young person, like we will with my daughter, she'll have, you know, what we call skin in the game. She's going to be expected to pay a portion of this. We're going to help her when she goes off to college. But you lay out the math and say, here's your share. What do you want to do about that? Do you want to take out loans for it? Do you want to get your job? Or do you want to go a different path? So certainly you have to do the math and you have to look long-term about what your prospects are. I do think let us not just dump on higher education, though. There is an inherent value in being educated in learning things about the world. And I know people have concerns about indoctrination or what you're hearing on campuses and uh, how we're stifling voices. Topic of another conversation. But nonetheless, if you're out there for four years, five years, pursuing higher education, learning things about the world, there is inherent value in that. And having, you know, as the caller was talking about there, David, just having a smart populace, an educated populace. That and then the life experience. You're caught in that transition between being a kid and being an adult, and you've got those four years, five years, whatever it is, to work some things out, right? Yeah. And you can make some mistakes and still look back and say, ah, yeah, but I was in college. Yeah, it was That's during not, those, okay. it was during those college, four years right? on campus. Not that big of a deal. <laughs> but you know what? To your point, those life experiences could be just as considerable if you were paying $8,000 a year for a college as opposed to $25,000 a year for college. Uh, and there's that. So I'll tell you what we decided in my family next on Wisconsin's Morning News. talking about a recent survey that suggests more than half of Americans are reconsidering whether college is worth it, saying it's not a good bet for them long term. 
on the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Electrical lineman, one-year schooling, $5,000, starting pay, $70,000. So there's one in favor of the math working out better uh, for someone who's interested in that line of work as opposed to going to college. Now, I want to read a couple more before I tell you what the conversation ended up being in our family. There's a lot to be said for getting the degree to pursue your passion. And this one, mentorship, leadership, learning how to become a true human, an adult, all valuable assets you get at college. You pay for a sense of community and access to a lifelong alumni network, especially at places like Marquette. That group is always there for you. It's priceless. I can definitely vouch for that for the Marquette crowd. (laughs) You all take care of each other very well and to your credit. So uh, it was Things like that, Mike, honestly, that and my daughter's in a, in a unique line of work or hopes to be. She's a music theater kid. And this kid wants to be on Broadway. And she was talented enough and worked hard enough to be accepted to a number of fairly exclusive art schools. Well, as you can imagine, those are pretty expensive. And no. we've done the math. <laughs> and she landed on a place called Marymount Manhattan, which is a small art school in, as the name would suggest, New York City. Sure. And so here's a kid who wants to be on Broadway, and she has the opportunity to go to school and be taught by professors who are currently directing or acting on Broadway or who have that experience, who are connected to that group. She's walking distance from Broadway. And as we started doing the math, it justifies the sticker price in her case because that's a business where you know people hire who they know. And how it works is, and my sister was in uh, is in the theater business and actually is teaching now, um, but was an actor herself. And, you know, a professor over at school knows somebody who's producing a small show somewhere in New York says, look, you got any kid? You got any, I need a, this, this tall, high female. I need two males. And, you know, I'm looking for this. Who do you got? And that's how things start in that business. I know folks who are in the legal profession, a lot of that right there. I know folks in business, right? Startup and companies, things like that. Who do you know? So, One of the reasons that you pay in is to be a part of that network, to build those alumni relationships, and there is great value there. So I don't want anybody's takeaway from my commentary today to be like, I'm just flat dumping on higher education. There's great value in it for people who want to go on to certain careers. There's a lot of value in being a part of that alumni network, and there's value just in learning about the world and having a chance to grow up a little bit. That said, again, red alert to higher education because people are making different decisions now, and if you do not bring that cost down, it's going to end badly. Well, yeah, and you know, you, you talked about how it is sometimes. It's not even only in exclusive um, uh, business realms where a, a network can help you. But I think you also need to take a little bit on yourself. And there's two points here. One, you have to make it work for yourself. That network doesn't develop itself. It requires a little bit of legwork, right? You have to kind of grease the wheels a little bit on your own. You have to make sure you try and leave some sort of impression with someone who can help you down the road. I think that's one thing. The other thing is, unfortunately, with the expense of it and kind of the the burden that these massive student loans put on you, you're taking this thing that should be something that everyone wants to obtain and, and oftentimes is, as you mentioned, the, the road to prosperity, and you're putting it out of reach for people, sometimes who need it the most, who don't have that opportunity for their parents to help them out, don't have the resources necessarily. When I was in high school, we had a whole class on writing grants. Like we just took a class good for you guys. on That's grant great. writing. A lot but of not, money out there. But yeah, but not everyone has that, and you yeah. don't know. And if, so you, if your only way out of your hometown or out of your situation is to go to college, you're going to, of course, yeah, jump on this opportunity to get debt, and it just it, it doesn't pay out. So I think... You know, rethinking it, is it worth it, not worth it? I think we just need to rethink the whole thing and say, is it attainable for everybody? 
20 minutes before 7 o'clock, and we're joined now live by Storm Team 4 meteorologist Kristen Kershane. Morning, Kristen. Hello. Hi, how are you? Awesome. I'm so glad I could grab you for about five minutes here or so, because I wanted to talk to you about not only what happened yesterday, but what may develop as well today. Uh, not without precedent, but still sort of an oddity where you have these storms that don't appear to be part of a system or some sort of front where you have most of southeast Wisconsin going, it's beautiful out, and other people absolutely getting poured on yesterday. Yes, I think that you might be jealous. Am I right? Yeah, of the I could people see who the are getting oh, some rain. Could see the dark clouds <laughs> off in the distance and thought, can I, can I just. But there was no movement to it, there was it no eastward come- movement. No, no. And all right. So what we're talking about here is a lake breeze enhancement of the thunderstorm activity. And, you know, from living here, that lake breeze tends to sail inland as we move into the afternoon and the lake breeze, how strong that it is and how far inland it goes can really change on a day to day basis, um, dependent on one air temperature versus the water temperature of Lake Michigan. And so those things are always fluctuating. Uh, and then the wind speed. And so yesterday we had the setup that drove that lake breeze inland. That lake breeze provides some uplift. So we get the thunderstorms to spark along the lake breeze, which ended up being away from Lake Michigan, will be the case again today. So is that why they didn't move? Because they just, you know, I mean, it looked like wherever they developed, they popped, they sort of bubbled up, and then they just yep. just stayed. Yeah, and part of the reason for that is because we had pretty weak winds, steering winds, and pretty weak winds generally all the way from the surface into the upper atmosphere. And so what what you really need is you need stronger winds, one for those storms to be able to move around much, but also for those storms to be able to sustain themselves and to give themselves a longer lifespan. When you have those weak winds, they're going to be more what we call pulse storms, um, where they're going to go up and then they're going to die back out fairly quickly. They're just not in the right environment to be able to sustain themselves. Talking with Storm Team 4 meteorologist Kristen Kershane this morning, getting all sciencey on me. So like yeah. today is a little, is there less of a chance of this happening today or are we about the same where people are going to see this stuff? I think it's about the same, but it looks like the storms may actually be a little farther inland today compared to yesterday. Some of the same places may pick up some rain. Once again, places that saw rain yesterday, you could certainly see some showers again, but farther inland, more of Dodge, more of Jefferson uh, may end up seeing some rain showers today. But if you're close to the lakeshore, do not count on seeing a shower. Now, could we get a little rogue shower to kind of drift around closer to the lakeshore? Sure, we could, but I would not count on it. All those pesky rogue showers. And it'll showers. be the same thing on, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, right? Which we would we would really cross our fingers if one would come by, you know, my backyard. That would be great. Um, so yeah, and then Friday looks like kind of the same setup and actually maybe even a little bit farther inland. So again, it's going to be kind of the same story here uh, over the next, well, wait, today is Thursday. So today yeah. and tomorrow. Sorry, I'm confused on what my days are. And really starting to get, well, I, I know how that happens because your schedule's bouncing around a little bit as you're down a person <laughs> over there working on getting somebody else to join the team yes so uh Uh, in terms of dryness though like we definitely need the rain now 
Okay, so May, um, we did the stats. May ended up 2.66 inches below normal for precip. We didn't even see one inch of rain in Milwaukee. It was 88 hundredths was the May rainfall total. And that ranked, I looked back at the data, the sixth driest May on record. And the records go back to the 1870s. So sixth driest on record is really pretty significant. That's quite dry. May tends to be a, a wetter month for us. June is the wettest month, but uh, May tends to be a, a pretty wet month. And uh, looking at the the updated climate outlook from the Climate Prediction Center this morning. They put out a, a new monthly climate yeah. outlook the first day of the month. And for the Great Lakes region, below average is the uh, is the trend. Below average precipitation, above average temperatures. And, and as we dry out, we're able to more efficiently heat up. And so that kind of turns into its own feedback loop where you end up with warmer temperatures and drier conditions. If you don't have a, the moisture there, it really doesn't help anything out. Meteorologist Kristen Kershane. Always love talking to you, Kristen. Thanks so much for uh, hey, that update. Too. All right, have a good one. 845 on Thanks. Wisconsin's Morning News. Nine o'clock. So, uh, hey, Greg Pancake Hill, he produces the program here. Did you happen to see our spelling? Our spelling kid was on Channel Four this morning. Say anything interesting? I did. I have not listened to it though. <laughs> right. Well, so TMJ Four. Uh, maybe folks don't know, but you know there was once a day where WTMJ Radio and TMJ Four and the Milwaukee Journal were all one big happy company. Journal Communications, and then our part, the broadcast entity, was Journal Broadcast. And TMJ4, as things sorted out, is now owned by E.W. Scripps in Cincinnati. And so Scripps, that group of television stations, also is the company that puts on the Scripps National Spelling Bee. So they have a, a pipeline to some of the folks who participate in this. And we had a local kid from Madison. He's in seventh grade, and his name is Aiden. He has a last name that has a lot of letters in it, and I don't know how to pronounce it, so I won't. I would suggest that if they needed, if they wanted to go to a name category, this would knock out a lot of spellers. <laughs> right? Spell this kid's name. Yeah, I You're saw out. that, and I was like, is that the word, or is that... That's serious name? flexing I, yeah. right yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah? Spell, you, want, you think you're a good speller? Spell my last name. So we'll just call him Aiden from Madison. That works for us. Uh, he made it all the way to the quarterfinals, and he is now out. But what's interesting is... He's not out because he misspelled a word. He spelled every word that was put in front of him correctly. If you've been watching the Scripps National Spelling Bee, you would, and I peeked in on it for a little bit yesterday, you would notice that in addition to spelling words correctly, another part of the competition is defining words. So they give you the word and you have to give them the definition of the word. And that's what ultimately got him out. Have you, have you ever watch, have you sat down and watched any of this? I have, but I don't remember like the definition part of it. I don't know. Maybe I tune out. I don't know. Maybe they don't show that part, or maybe they've changed that. Because remember, there was a year or two ago where that like had 30 people tied for... It wasn't 30, but a whole bunch of tied. It didn't go 20, like 27 yeah. extra rounds or something they like that. They ran out because, of words. Yeah, they ran out of words. So maybe this defines the, the goods from the greats? Yeah, that's right. This is the separated... This Literally. is the X factor. <laughs> So our Madison 7th grader, Aiden, 
as, as I said, finished, uh, made it to the quarterfinals, and he had already correctly spelled a word called Bahuvrihi. That was round one. He round correctly, one. He correctly, off, right? Tough round yeah. one. Can I get June or something for round one? Like, <laughs> let me get you, warmed up here a little bit. Can you work on into this here a little <laughs> bit, right? Throw, throw me some off-speed stuff first and then start zinging the fastballs, <laughs> would you? Okay, he correctly defined meridian in round two, correctly spelled the word burpee in round three, correctly spelled a word I can't pronounce, but it ends in ritus. That was round four. Gave the correct definition to a word forswear in round five, and then correctly spelled another word that I can't pronounce, much less spell, in round six. So then he gets this. The word he needs to define is obviate. If you obviate something, you... Actually, we should have opened this up to calls, but I don't have time for it now. So we'll just <laughs> just play along with us in your car or wherever you're listening there. If you obviate something, you... And Aiden said, you disguise its true nature. And that was incorrect. And at the Scripps National Spelling Bee, when you're incorrect, you get the bell. Which I always think should be the correct thing, right? Absolutely. Bing. Although, I you know what? A, a horn or, or like a... <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little... <laughs> Blow the boat horn on them. That, that might be a little jarring for the the fourth grader who's just trying be to be shouted off the stage. Spelling. Nice going, kid. Well, while we're speaking of degenerate spellers, do you think people bet on this? Can you put oh, money for down? Sure. Right, you can bet on anything. Okay, right. So obviate was the word he got. He said it's to disguise its true nature. That was incorrect. The correct answer is to make it unnecessary. So if you obviate something, you render it unnecessary. Came in twenty first in the land. Did young Aiden? I was a little disappointed that I went out on a vocab word because I was hoping to learn a new word uh, by getting out on a spelling one, but I'm still fine with it. It's a really surreal experience being able to connect with other people with talents like me. So that was uh, young Aiden there. Do you have a little bit so, more So yeah, but you, you said to listen to the uh, TMJ4 interview that yeah. he had this morning. He was and, live uh, this morning. He gave that answer, but when Simone asked him how he felt uh, getting out by a word definition, he replied, <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you for that. Greg's pointing at me through the window like, hey, no, I got, got some new stuff. I better get right to that. That was an artful <laughs> answer. You had me, dude. I was like, oh, he pulled some of that sound. Yeah, I don't know. Out on the, out on the technicality. Tough to watch. I, I tried to get my daughter to watch. My 15-year-old is walking through the room. I'm like, hey, check these kids out. You know, like, this is the spelling bee. She's like, oh, no, thank you. It's making her too anxious. Yeah, it's intense. <laughs> it's intense. If you've ever watched it, it is extremely intense. Yeah. They ask you, you know, can I get the definition? Can I get the word of or- uh, country of origin? How did the word come together? Then they go back to forth, back to forth. There's a clock running on them. Well, and it's a big deal. Like, if you've ever seen photos yeah, sure. of this hall that they're in i don't know or the convention center like yeah. it's it's done up like it's the nfl draft so not only are you 13 years old trying to get definitions of words that you've probably scanned once or twice to get the spelling of in front of this giant audience and yeah it just it, it's very intense i had no idea it looked like it it looks favorite part and i only watched for 10 15 minutes but this kid comes up and he gets his word and he says all right well get the bell ready <laughs> he, he knew, knew right? he knew and then nah. he goes after it so he gets it whatever and he was almost there he added a k at the end it was a it was a c finish with a hard c and he added it he called it a ck if he had just not added the k he would have advanced when he's oh, like all tough. right i loved it get the bell ready 
855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. 8.59 on Wisconsin's Morning's News. Steve Scafidi is up next, and then we got Brewers Baseball. 12.07 first pitch yeah, today. Yeah, I'm so out early today. Does rare, that shave you off? Yeah, a half bit? hour. Okay. One, as Mike Spalding told me, one-sixth of my show. What was the percentage? It's like 18%, I think. Look at this guy with okay. the math. I, yeah, showing I off went to that state math. school, so I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh, That's an indictment of state schools. That, well, you said state col- school? the college, is it worth it? The if whole I can't get college one, conversation. Six, yeah. Today. yeah, I heard some of your, your daughter going off to New York. It's a big deal. That is a big deal. I'm excited for her. I was rooting for a couple of the Chicago schools, if for no other reason than just like, you know, parents who've been through this. Uh, I, you know, I believe in her. I'm confident that she's going to do a great job. But man, it's easy. If you had a bad day or a bad week and you need to spend some time at home, I could put you on a train and have you back here in an hour plus. Not to drag this out because we're getting close to the news here, but my daughter went to school uh, upstate New York. Yeah. All of that's cool. I mean, you work out all the, you know, back and forth and, and, and now with all the technology you can you can easily connect. The problem is when you want to get back or forth, weather. Especially wintertime. Yeah, sure. I, I remember a panicked phone call. Her plane got diverted to Detroit's uh the Christmas holiday and we had to figure out how we were gonna get that rectified and that was a nightmarish like couple hours. Can you come pick me up? Sure, where are you? <laughs> Detroit. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.